Greetings, Fairy Test friends. This week, I'm airing a classic interview with the late U.S. Congressman James Traffigant, recorded 10 years ago in 2012. I recently re-listened to it and could not believe how accurate he was. You be the judge. The information he shared certainly vindicates him in the court of public opinion. No wonder he suffered the consequences throughout his entire career. The interview is almost three hours long, and I guarantee you will be on the edge of your seat the entire time, even if you have listened to it before. It took a lot of time and effort to get the interview done, but I'm glad I was able to capture as much information as I did. What you're about to hear probably would not survive in any other platform. Jim Traffigan was injured in an accident at his farm on September 23, 2014. A tractor he was driving into a pole barn flipped over and trapped him underneath. He died three days later. The cause of death was attributed to positional asphyxiation due to the weight of the tractor on top of him. This would probably be one of the most censored interviews I have ever conducted. Jim Traffigan leaves an incredible legacy with this material. Listen to the entire episode and let me know what you think. Subscribe at VeritasRadio.com to listen to the full episode. But only if you can't handle the truth. If you can't, skip over this interview. Was Jim Traffigan right? Let me know what you think. Oh, and as a bonus, I've included a never-before-aired short conversation with the late Jim Mars from 2014. You'll find it at the end of part two of this program. You'll hear it for the first time and exclusively here on Veritas. I'll be back with you with a new episode next week. Enjoy. The questions you always had. The answers you were never given. The place to seek the truth. Welcome to Veritas. Tonight's special guest is quarterback, congressman, convict, and political prisoner James A. Traffigant Jr., the victim of a wrongful conviction because of his frank, straightforward politics. Traffigant was railroaded out of Congress in 2002 because he was not willing to go along to get along, in contrast to hundreds of other worthless members of Congress who have betrayed their oath of office. Traffigant was made an example to anyone else in Congress who dares to rise up against the almighty criminal gang who have hijacked the United States' highest office. It was only 10 days before U.S. President John F. Kennedy's assassination that he publicly made the following shocking statement. Quote, The high office of the president has been used to foment a plot to destroy the Americans' freedom. And before I leave office, I must inform the citizens of this plight, unquote. We have every right to demand the truth from our government because everything they do, they do in our name and with our money. It's not the unanswered questions that should worry us as much as the unquestioned answers. The media is filled with lying, lying propaganda. Congress is filled with lying criminals. The government is spending our money in our name, and we have a right to know where it's going. This is our First Amendment right to peaceably protest against the government. This is not anarchy. It is our legal right as citizens of the United States. 
What you're about to witness is not the traditional Veritas interview. We're stepping into forbidden territory, not only for the mainstream media, but even to alternative media. No matter the topic, Veritas has one simple goal, the uncensored truth. And when I mean uncensored, I really mean it, and you'll see why. Whether you're a Republican, Democrat, Independent, Apathetic, Political, or Apolitical, you know politicians, left or right, are taking us closer to the precipice. Why did I name tonight's program America, Land of the Scared, Home of the Slave? America with a K, because our situation reminds me of the former Soviet Union. One day, we turned on the TV and the Soviet Union had imploded. No bombs dropped, no war, no death. It ceased to exist as we knew it. Our current trend is taking us there. Land of the scared, because we are exchanging our rights for security. And the manufactured chaos and terrorism keeps the security industry alive while keeping most Americans scared of the next boogeyman. And home of the slave, because slavery was never abolished. President Franklin Delano Roosevelt, frontman for the Rothschild banksters and the Federal Reserve System, signed a law putting the U.S. into bankruptcy in 1933 and gave all property and future possessions and property of all the citizens and future citizens to the Rothschild banksters, making us all serves who own nothing. From the words of former Congressman James Traficant, prior to 1913, most Americans own clear, a lodial title to property, free and clear of any liens or mortgages. Under the Federal Reserve Act of 1913, hypothecated all property within the Federal United States to the Board of Governors of the Federal Reserve, in which the trustees or stockholders held legal title. The U.S. citizen, tenant, franchisee was registered as a beneficiary of the trust via his or her birth certificate. In 1933, the federal United States hypothecated all of the present and future properties, assets, and labor of their subjects, the 14th Amendment, U.S. citizen, to the Federal Reserve System. In return, the Federal Reserve System agreed to extend the Federal United States Corporation all the credit, money substitute it needed. Like any other debtor, the federal United States government had to assign collateral and security to their creditors as a condition of the loan. Since the federal United States didn't have any assets, they assigned the private property of their economic slaves, the United States citizens, as collateral against the unpayable federal debt. They also pledged the unincorporated federal territories, national park forests, birth certificates, and nonprofit organizations as collateral against the federal debt. The federal United States is bankrupt. Our children will inherit this unpayable debt and the tyranny to enforce paying it. America has become completely bankrupt in world leadership, financial credit, and its reputation for courage, vision, and human rights. This is an undeclared economic war, bankruptcy, an economic slavery of the most corrupt order. Wake up, America. Take back your country. If you know law enforcement and you got a target, you want a confession, 
And when you can't get that confession, you want an admission. And I am telling you this right now. They have more tapes on me than NBC. I did nothing wrong. That's why you go ahead and expel me. And I believe this judge is so afraid of what's resonating throughout America who believe that they should not have to fear their government and the Congress is their last hope to take it back. And I'm saying this, you speaker, take it back. No American should fear their government and this guy doesn't. And I'm ready to go. You expel me. It'll make it easier for me to really jack me good. And they're not going to frighten me. I'm ready to go to jail. I'll go to jail before I admit to a crime I didn't commit. And there was never any intent to commit a crime. And when they start bringing letters that you send to cabinet members trying to help your people, folks, there was a dangerous precedent set in U.S. versus trafficking. You are listening to Veritas. If this is your first time, welcome home. To listen to tonight's full interview and all of our material, join the Veritas family and click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. You can make your purchase with a credit card, PayPal, cash, check, money order, and even cryptocurrency. We are now accepting Bitcoin, Litecoin, Ethereum, and more. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for Focused Life Force Energy, MMS, Rebounders, CBD Pure Hemp Oil, Pure Organic Sulfur, Flash Drives with all our Sanitas and Veritas Seasons, and other great products. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button of our website at veritasradio.com. And now, here's your host, Mel Hostelrick. James Anthony Traficant Jr. was a prominent and controversial Ohio politician in the late 20th century. Traficant was born on May 8, 1941, in Youngstown, Ohio. He graduated from the University of Pittsburgh in 1963, and he also earned a master's degree from the University of Pittsburgh and Youngstown State University. In 1984, Traficant won a seat in the United States House of Representatives, representing the 17th Ohio District. He won re-election in eight subsequent elections, serving in the House of Representatives from 1985 to 2002. As a representative, Traficant became known for his support of working-class issues. Traficant routinely crossed party lines, voting with the Republican Party to the dismay of the Democratic Party, always voting for what he deemed best for the country. In 2002, a court convicted Traficant of a number of charges and sentenced him to eight years in prison. He was released on September 2, 2009. Traficant maintains that he was framed and persecuted by the federal government for telling the truth. Millions of dollars and over 250 federal agents were used in the investigation and prosecution of Trafficant. You can purchase James Trafficant's book entitled America's Last Minute Man by visiting his website, americaslastminuteman.com, which we also have linked on our website. And directly from Youngstown, Ohio, I would like to introduce James Trafficant. Mr. Trafficant, hello, how are you? Welcome. Fine, Mel. How are you today? Great, thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. It's not that frequent that we get to interview a former congressman. And right from the beginning, I want to ask with the question that most people want to ask. You believe you were framed 
and you did not admit to anything that you were accused of, why do you believe you were actually accused in the first place? Well, in 1983, I, I was sheriff of Mahoney County, and I uncovered the fact that organized crime elements in this area owned and controlled the FBI office. And when I ran for sheriff, I had all intentions to arrest everybody. And the next thing you know, I got to end up being indicted and put on trial, and I represented myself. And I'm the only American in the history of our country to defeat the Justice Department in a RICO trial pro se uh, without being an attorney and winning in a full jury verdict. So I had a bullseye put on my back right from back then. But I think that, that probably what happened as a member of Congress, people had confidence in me and they contacted me on very important matters ranging from the Pan Am 103 incident all the way to to many, many issues. But I'm the congressman that brought back John Demenyuk from Israel and proved that he was not Ivan the Terrible. Now keep in mind that John Demenyuk was tried and convicted and sentenced to be executed in Israel. He was on death row. When the family came to me, because they had gone to everybody and no one would talk to them. Finally, I, I met with them because I felt that congressmen should have met with them or their senators. And they were from Ohio, and they didn't want to come to me because they knew the government didn't like me. Mm -hmm. but the bottom line was I took that investigation, and before long, with the help of many whistleblowers, I got the evidence to prove that he was not Ivan. Now, the power of the Israelis in our country is so strong that Congress would not accept any evidence. They did not want to touch it. The case was too sensitive. The Sixth Circuit Court in Cincinnati, they wouldn't accept the evidence. So I had the evidence sent to the Israeli Supreme Court. I was then asked to come over to Israel, which I did. And finally, the Israeli Supreme Court released him, and I brought him home to America which is unheard of. Here's a man on death row sentenced to be executed for mass murder, and I proved that he was innocent with documents from the Justice Department. The Justice Department knew this man was not Ivan right from the beginning. And many people say, well, why would they do that? And the bottom line was they were losing all their funding as one unit, the Office of Special Investigation, and uh, they were being criticized for not making any arrests. Well, here they had not only an arrest, they had the big arrest with worldwide news, the shocker, that they had Ivan of Treblinka. Well, the bottom line was they didn't. I proved that Ivan of Treblinka was a man named Ivan Marchenko. He was nine years older with dark hair, not light hair, with a long scar on his neck. And I proved it with documents that I got from a Freedom of Information Act on another Ukrainian-American who was tried for war crimes at Treblinka, a man named Fyodor Fedorenko. And through that Freedom of Information Act request is where I got all the information that came to me through the State Department. So keep in mind now, the government documents that freed this man were U.S. Justice Department documents. This is, this is a travesty. And our, our government still this day should be ashamed of that. Now, when I brought him home, the Sixth Circuit Court issued a press release and said, a tragic but honest mistake by the government. And not one of those, 
Now, one of those criminals, believe me, the Justice Department was tried and was even prosecuted for suborning perjury to to putting a man's life in death. They were going to let this man be executed, Mel. So the bottom line was I had a bullseye on my back so big that they wanted me out of the way so bad. But I think what really started to happen is I don't think they wanted to indict me at, at that point. I think they were trying to build a case, and it came out of trial that they had a six-year investigation involving over 250 agents at a cost of $15 million to the American taxpayers on or about the time of 9-1-1. Now, keep in mind, at trial, they said they made no video or audio tapes of me for evidence. They had no physical evidence at all. It's the only case in American history. And they end up getting away with it. it. I don't even get into all the details, but the bottom, bottom line was, I honestly believe that they rushed to get me the hell out of there because I was starting to get information about what really happened about 911. And keep in mind, I was a congressman that got the documents on Pan Am 103, got the information on Demonic, and I was starting to get the facts on 911. And next thing you know, they sure as hell separated me. So I really want to get into it. I could have had a pardon. I could have been out of prison in, 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 in no time. All I had to do was admit I was guilty, and I told them to shove their pardon up their ass. That's what I told the president. So this is where I am, Mel. This is where it is. I'm proud of some of the things that I've done. Most people don't realize now, in dealing with the Internal Revenue Service, that I was the congressman that changed the burden of proof in a tax case. Up until 1998, the taxpayer was guilty, literally, had to prove themselves innocent in a tax civil tax court. Now keep in mind, Mel, that 96% of all tax court cases are civil law. And the taxpayer was literally guilty, and once accused, had to prove that they were not guilty of tax evasion or whatever. So the bottom line was I was able to get that accomplished in the 1998 reform bill, and it had a tremendous impact on this country. So I became a real, real thorn in the side of the government, no doubt. And they're still, they're still concerned about me, quite frankly. I've been making some speeches, and people have been calling me, and I do know what happened and how it works and what's going on down there, and they're still concerned about that. I think that they were hoping that I'd probably be killed in prison. They put me in positions where I very well could have been. I wasn't in any country clubs. I went to prison. I was in real prison. So having said that, that's the situation, Mel, and that's where we are. Now, you were in prison for seven years, and you did not accept one single visit. Was that something that came from you, or did he actually keep you, quote-unquote, in, in solitary confinement in that regard for other reasons? I was in for seven and a half years. I had no visits, and the first prison I was put in, it sounded uh, innocently uh, safe because it was considered a low correctional institution up at uh, Ellenwood. But the bottom line was that 50% of the population were illegal immigrants, and I'm the congressman that passed the amendments to the defense bill to take 10,000 soldiers from overseas who were having a lunch over there in Italy and going to theater in Japan and going to dinner in Korea, falling out of chairs without armrests, bringing them back to America, 
10,000, putting them on our borders yeah. to keep our borders secure and keep people from jumping the fence. So I had a, I had a staff. Thank you for listening. To unlock the full two-hour interview, including video formats, downloads, transcripts, exclusive articles, and more, subscribe to Veritas Plus now. Gain access to our entire archive dating back to 2008. Just click subscribe at veritasradio.com. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. Subscribe now. To listen to the rest and all of our exclusive material, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or join the Veritas Plus family by subscribing. Click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for focused life force energy. Get a 15-day free trial today with no credit card required. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button on our website at veritasradio.com. Now, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or subscribe to listen to the rest of the interview. You don't want to miss it. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. What are you waiting for? Subscribe now at veritasradio.com.